The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had the faith the side of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Who among you? Will say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending the sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table. Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. But I am too. I think I'm a little bit sleepy because it's uh, been raining all the time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's been kind of dreary. Did you know what I did inside? What? I did homework. Nice. Homework, you got to do that. You got to do that. Well, who all of, uh, were many of you in Sunday school today? Mm-hmm. Some yes, some no. Did you talk about mustard seeds? Yeah. 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 How big is a mustard seed? Show me with your hands. Pretty tiny, right? Pretty tiny. What did you do with the mustard seed? Yeah. We put it in on a wet napkin, and, and then when we go back, we're going to feed it and put it in soil. All right, so you're trying to get it to grow, right? Mm-hmm. What else? I left it on the table. Left it on the table? Me too. No? That'll work. See what happens. See what happens. What, uh, why are you trying to grow mustard seeds? What's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get mustard. So you get mustard, right? So there's a, there's a produce part of it. What, uh, what was the text about today? We just read a story, and Jesus was telling about faith the size of a mustard seed. Do you remember what it said? Um. Almost. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, really, really small, so if you had just a little bit of faith, you could say to the mulberry tree, and if you don't know what a mulberry tree is, just imagine a tree. You can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and plant yourself in the sea, and it wouldn't happen. Um, now. How, how does mustard get out of ketchup? I don't know. We'll solve that some other time. It's good. If you said to a tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it happened, why would you do that? What's the point? This is kind of a trick question. Why would you do that? Can we read that again? If you told a tree to go plant itself in the sea and it happened, would there be a point to that? It'd be really weird. It'd be weird. That's the point. <laughs> so, Jesus is trying to describe something. Here, we'll do it, we'll do it in a way that we might be able to say, uh, pay, we might be able to understand. If you had 
faith the size of a small pebble in a driveway. So the smallest little rock you can find in your driveway. If you had that much faith, you could say to an oak tree, you know what oak tree is, right? You say to an oak tree, go and jump and dance around on the road, and it would happen. It's weird, right? Do you expect that to happen? Do trees get up and go places? No. So what are we saying about faith? Yeah. You believe to see miracles, yeah. What else? I, I didn't. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you what, what did Strange. I get. We're getting close. And I don't know what I had for breakfast. Mm, was it mustard? Nope. Uh, what else? What, what does it tell us about faith? It was Tamala. Um, Anthony. Me and my brother eat Tamala. You would. It was. There's belief. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to combine all of these. Can everybody look at my nose right here? So, when there's faith, it's strange. We believe, and a lot of things happen. Things that we don't even expect could happen. Things that we don't think could ever happen in this world, we, you don't expect to see walking trees, do you? No. Things that we don't expect to see happen in this world can actually happen. Now, we've talked a lot about what we're supposed to do as disciples, right? We're supposed to help those in need, those who are lonely or sick, those who are, uh, don't have enough money to have food or water or clothing or shelter. We, we can help others, but it's hard, right? Do you ever think you'll grow up to be able to do all those things? No. It's hard for one person to do all those things. But you might not even believe it. I believe that God can work to make all those things happen for people. <laughs> for everyone who has need, God can provide. I would take that over a mulberry tree any day. So if you have a little bit of faith and you act... In that faith, God will give you faith. And if you act in that faith, um, I bet we can provide for the whole world. Um, excuse me, what does faith mean? What does faith mean? That's a very good question. Does anybody know what faith means? Mm -hmm. It means you have faith in, like, like, you have faith in God, mm -hmm. and then you have faith in yourself. Yeah. In it's like belief. And so if you believe something will happen, kind of like... Um, Hmm, what's a good example? How many of you have wanted to play catch with somebody before? And you bug them and you bug them and you bug them. And they're like, no, nah, I got a little bit of work to do. When they finally say yes, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. You go, right? Even if they're not heading outside, you just run outside and you wait for them, right? That is belief. You understand that when somebody says something will happen, it'll automatically happen. That's belief. Um. Now, faith is the mixture of believing something that will happen and working like it will happen. Oh, does ketchup mean kind of mustard or something? What's ketchup mean of? Tomatoes. I hate We're covering tomatoes. all kinds of topics today, aren't we? And I what hate does mustard come from? Mustard seeds. Now. Guess what? I hate ketchup. Faith. I hate. We're off the topic, guys. We're just off the topic. <laughs> One more time. Can everybody look right here? 
Sorry. I have one thing to tell you. What? When your belief and your work, when you have faith in God, your belief in your hands, your belief in your feet, your belief in your head, and everything that you do, when those are trying to do the work of discipleship, God will indeed provide all that we need. Um, Pastor Ben, what's Mm -hmm. the society? Discipleship? Mm -hmm. Man, I'll tell you what. I will ask, I will cover all those questions in the next one. Because we're running low on time. These are, I want to say one thing. These are good questions. We should all ask these questions. Discipleship, faith, mustard, ketchup, it doesn't matter. Ask questions. (laughs) Ask all the questions. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Gotta guess what my other question is. Gotta guess. I gotta guess? Mm-hmm. I'm out of guesses. Tamales. Tamales? That's a good note to end on. You like tamales? Here's what I want you to do this next week. I want you to pair your work with what you believe in your heart and I like that. That's what we're going to do next Sunday. We're going to write down all of our questions, and we're going to pick one out of a hat, and I'm going to answer it, okay? Do you like that idea? Yeah. So I want you to go home, write down all of your questions about God or anything else, and we're going to see how it relates to the text. And I'm going to write about you, Mr. Sounds good. I can probably what, answer that one. What? I got my hands on you. All right. What, I'm mad at you. Should we pray for this one, though? Yeah. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks. In the midst of so many things, and sometimes... A lot of things. You're with us. You're with us when it comes to faith. You're with us when it comes to work, to mustard and ketchup and tamales and all else. You're with us. We ask that this week you help our work to match what you would do, that you help our hands and our feet and our mouths be good disciples, and that ultimately you might know, we might know that you love us and we might show that love to one another. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for laughter. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Yeah, let's pass these out. Yay. Yay, snack. You guys did very good today. Thank you. Are all of them graham crackers? Some are graham crackers. These are fruit gummies. Why did you say tamales? Why did you say that? I was saying the same thing you were. Okay. Just one. All right. In the name of Jesus, amen. I don't just say it because it happens. It's good to ask questions. And I, it is certainly my hope and probably my downfall to ask that all of you do the same thing. Ask those questions. Be not afraid of what they might be. This story is a little tricky, right? The text today is a little tricky. I think, ultimately, because we have a societal construction, we have slavery. And we have a background with slavery here in the U.S. It's not a great one. We have a background of slavery here in the U.S. where there was the oppression of a lot of folks uh, who often don't look or feel or sound like some of us look or feel or sound. And so, it gets messy. 
When we look at slavery here in today's text, we look at it and we say, well, I don't know how I feel about that. And sometimes we lose the forest for the trees. Today's text is not ultimately about slavery. And at one point in our world, this text would have made sense. This text would have been okay to say. It's not today, and I think that's good. But we still have a lesson we can learn from it. And so if you're worried or stuck or concerned about why Jesus is condoning slavery, he's simply trying to describe something normal that happens. But first, I want to talk about meal prep. How many of you have ever had the task or chore or job be it one time or thousands of times, to prepare a meal for someone by a certain time. Okay, I have two. Now, how many of you have ever had a meal prepared for you that was expected to be there at a certain time? Okay, many of us both. I've been on both sides. Sometimes in the household, I am the one preparing the meal by a certain time, and sometimes in the household, I am the one gratefully receiving the meal. Now, in relation to those two things, how many of you have ever had a meal that you were preparing that has come out late? I imagine if you're like me, there's a little bit of anxiety. And sometimes when the person walks in the door, there's, oh, it's fine, don't worry about it, I understand that you work hard. And sometimes there's, I am starving and I worked all day, why isn't this done? It can be both. How many of you for whom a meal has been prepared has ever showed up and the meal is late? Same thing. Sometimes you walk in and somehow by the grace of God there's mercy in your heart and you say, oh, that's okay, that's fine. Do you need any help? Anything like that. And sometimes it's, I am exhausted and tired and hungry and this isn't going to go well. Right? We know a little bit about the dynamic of walking into the house and two people are tired and hungry and worn out. And one is tasked with making the food. The overarching theme is not slavery. The overarching theme is work. Now there is a set hierarchy in this story too. The slave is expected to be the one making the food. It is an act of extreme Grace, unmerited, undeserved in that particular hierarchy for the master, for the one who is not the slave in this case, to make the food. So in this text we have two things that, that happen, right? Two instances where Jesus says, or two things that Jesus says could happen in the parable. One is the slave comes into the house, the master's sitting there, and the master simply says to the slave, well, uh, good job on your work. Now, on to the next job. It's time for you to make the meal. Uh, I'll eat, and then you can feed yourself. And that's the way things normally go. If we had to construct this in some kind of other way where we weren't worried about the slave dynamic, maybe it would be an employer, right? So the employer, so let's say you uh, have a job. You do your job all day. You walk up to the foreman at, uh, in the middle of the day. Foreman says, great, here's your next task. That's the norm, right? There's another option on what can happen. This other option 
is the slave comes in from working all day. The master says, you've worked hard. Sit down. I'm going to serve you for a while. Now, if this were an employer-employee relationship, this would be something like, you work all day, you grind your fingers to the bone, you've done a, a, a good amount of work, but no more, no less than what you normally do. And the foreman simply says, you know what? I'm going to take it from here. You take an extended break. It's going to be fine. Now, if you were the employee, would it be okay for your foreman to give you more work to do in the day? Would that be okay? Mostly yes. It's reasonable, at the very least, to have more work. Would you like it if your foreman said, hey, take an extended break? In this scenario, both are okay. It's hard to get to that point with this text. The disciples say increase our faith. And that's the reason that we have this parable in the first place. Right before this, in uh, chapter 17, verses 1 through 5, or 1 through 4, right before this, Jesus is telling them about uh, stumbling blocks and millstones and what it means to forgive. Specifically, what he says is, uh, woe to those who become a stumbling blocks to the ones who believe. Uh, it'd be better for them to have a great millstone tied around their neck and be thrown into the lake or ocean or sea or whatever your translation says. And then Jesus says, if someone wrongs you seven times throughout the course of the day and turns to you or repents to you and says, I am sorry, you must forgive them seven times. And then, then the disciples cry out, increase for my faith. And that's where we get all this mess. Seven times. Forgive. Seven times. Hmm. The neat part about this text is that just like both are okay, both exist. Both exist in our relationship to God. Both exist in our relationship to one another. Both exist in the congregational setting that we're sitting in here today. When? You are the one who needs forgiving. Jesus says to the disciples, Jesus says to the church, Jesus says to your brothers and your sisters in Christ and all those throughout the world, forgive them seven times. When you're the one that needs forgiving, Jesus says, come on in, I'll feed you, I'll take care of you, I'll clothe you. It's okay. Also, when someone in our midst, when someone else, when someone outside of you needs forgiveness seven times over in the day, Jesus also says to you, you have been doing great work. Now go and do some more. Forgive this one too. Forgive this one too. Forgive this one too. The neat part about this text is that there's work and faith so closely tied together. And with Lutherans, we get a little bit anxious, right? Lutherans, whenever you say work and faith in the same sentence, alarms are hopefully going off in your head saying, I hope we're not talking about heresy here because grace is free and mercy is free and, and it's not cheap, it's not, it's not small, it's just holistic. 
and beautiful and all-encompassing and free. We are given it no matter what. The text here today is like a big rope and it binds us to one another. The grace and the work of forgiveness bind us to one another. I think we're imbalanced in the confession and forgiveness that we say every Sunday. Because typically, it's me announcing to you as a called, well, this is a different one, but as a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. That's good. But that's not really what this text is talking about. I want you to take out your red hymnals in front of you. I want you to turn to little number, so not the hymns, but the little number, 321. see that this is the order for Compline or night prayer. Believe it or not, the Lutheran Church still does the hours of prayer. <laughs> not a whole lot, but we have the potential. It's there. You'll see that uh, after opening and gathering, we have a confession forgiveness, and there's one that uh, is simply kind of that same dialogue that we normally have. We confess together and one person announces that forgiveness. But if you look on the right side, you have a call and response. One person will confess before God Almighty, before the whole company of heaven, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned by my own fault and thought, word, and deed. I pray, God Almighty, to have mercy on me. Forgive me all my sins and bring me to everlasting life. And then the group responds, Almighty and merciful God grants you healing, pardon, and forgiveness of all your sins. And then... It goes in reverse order. The whole company confesses together and then they hear their forgiveness. This balanced approach, this understanding that we are all confessing and we are all forgiving, we are saint and sinner simultaneously, is what I think this text is getting at. When you're called to forgive the same person seven times in a day, Lord, increase our faith is probably the least of the things that we yell in that moment. And yet, there it is. Forgiveness again and again and again. When you're called to be the one being forgiven seven times, if anything, that makes me feel worse. I don't like to be the one that's being forgiven because I know that I did something wrong. I don't like that about myself. And it just humbles me to no end to be that person. And yet there it is, again and again and again. In this moment, in every moment, I pray that you see yourself as the slave being invited to the table to eat in the moments where you need that forgiveness. I pray that you see yourself as the slave that's told to keep on doing the work in the times when that truly needs done. And at the end of the day, you might forgive and be forgiven in the best work and faith that God would provide. Grace be with you. Faith be with you. Work be with you. Thanks be to God.
Amen.